0: This is the season of His grace, this is the season of our breakthrough, this is the season of His power, this is the season where His love shines through at Pentecostal tabernacle, restored and broken love. I hope you prepare to be with Jesus. And the father today i was going to say some other things but let's go right to the word of god we're going to begin reading in genesis chapter 3. genesis put that up on the screen please my friends thank you genesis chapter 3. i always as you know distribute notes you didn't know me i always in whatever country we're ministering i have them translated i i believe that is imperative that God's people study the Word, not just hear it, but study it. Uh, Experts tell us that if you don't revisit, if you don't revisit any lesson including a sermon that you've heard, received within 48 hours, you lose it. And I always hand out notes. People all over the world have, uh, have expressed their gratitude for that. As I said you helped me organize my study for the week, you gave me a regimentation that I could follow, a regime, and I really appreciate it. But today the Lord forbid me to give you notes because he's going to talk to your hearts. And he doesn't want your intellect to get in the way. He desires to speak to your heart today. We're going to talk about this truth that Freedom is ours. Freedom. Freedom is ours. And it, 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 it begs the necessity to go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. The serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. He spoke to the woman. I'm reading for the message translation by the way if you are tracking with me. It's on the screen. Great, great, great. I'm not sure you can read it, but it's on the screen. Let me read it again. That's kind of a tiny print. The serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. He spoke to the woman. Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree? in the garden? Question mark. The woman said to the serpent, not at all. That's not what he said. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, don't eat from it. Don't even touch it or you'll die. Now she's uh, She's over doing it. God never said, "Don't even touch it." Although I suppose it's implied. God said, "Don't eat it, or you will die." I suspect that Adam was uh, a bit uh, over anxious with this this thought to express this to his wife. Don't even go near it. Don't touch it. The serpent told the woman, you won't die. The serpent told the woman, you won't die. God emphatically stated to Adam, who conveyed this to Eve, the day you you do it, you will die. The serpent said, you won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, you'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything ranging all the way from good to evil. When the woman saw that the tree looked like good eating, And realized what she could get out of it. She'd know everything. She took and ate the fruit and then gave some to her husband and he ate also. Immediately the two of them did see what's really going on. They saw themselves as naked as jaybirds. They sold fig leaves together as makeshift clothes for themselves. When they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze as they were accustomed to hearing, the man this time and his wife hid in the trees of the garden. They hid from God. God called to the man, where are you? He said, they replied, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid God said who told you you were naked did you eat from the tree that tree I told you not to eat from the man said the woman you gave me (laughs) emphasis on you gave me as a companion. She gave me fruit from the tree and yes, at gunpoint I ate it. (laughs) God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The serpent seduced me. She said, and I ate, Father, thank you that your word does not return void, but it accomplishes what you sent it to do. It is like the dew and the rain that descends from heaven. It brings forth the crop and the harvest you intended for it to bring. Your word has inherent power. Your word all by itself is anointed. Your word is a flush with dynamic power and strength and authority, and it is not wasted on us today, but it accomplishes the goal, the objective, the purpose, the intention, for which you sent it. Lord, I declare that we are good ground in Jesus' mighty name. And this is a safe place for the Holy Spirit to do what he came to do. Signs and wonders and miracles follow the word in Jesus' name. Some of you have heard me share this passage before, but I believe today that we will take it a quantum leap forward. In reviewing this passage again and, and just camping here sometimes the Lord told me recently look at it again. Look deeper Chandler. I see that these characters in this story in the narrative, the serpent, Adam and Eve and God, I see that there is this this battlefield it is in paradise, but nonetheless, it is a spiritual battlefield. The serpent comes and, and he is described to be so clever, so shrewd, so conniving, more than any other wild animal the Lord God made. And so he approaches the woman and engages her in conversation. Notice what he asks back in verse one. Notice what he asks. Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman replies, and then the serpent says in verse 4, you won't die. I've understood in this passage that Satan's goal is to undermine God's authority in our lives. His his chief motive is to discredit and to hopefully disqualify and diminish God's input and impact in our lives. He'll do anything to lessen God's voice in our lives, to lessen God's power in our lives. He wants us to turn away from God. There is this battle taking place. There's war being waged between God and Satan. And guess who's in the middle? Us. Don't be depressed. Remember I told you the title of this message is freedom is ours. Satan will do anything, anything. To make us doubt God. He tells Eve a lie. God said you will die. Satan said no you won't. God says A. Satan says Z. God says go, Satan says no, (laughs) and in the middle is us. Eve unfortunately listens to the lie. This is very, very important. God said don't eat of that fruit the day you do you will die. Now, I'm not sure, I don't know exactly, it, it, Satan has, Satan has unimaginable power. He does, he does. He's not God but but Lord have mercy. He's God power and he has knowledge and, and, and he used to be there close to God. He was the worship leader in heaven. Uh, and, Bible scholars tell us, he he had unreal abilities and power. He Just unbelievable, almost incredulous power and authority in heaven, but he was expelled from heaven. But the biblical scholars tell us that he still retains that knowledge. And and so here he is, of course, we, we aren't sure how old Adam and Eve were. I mean, we don't know, right? we have no idea how old they were. First of all, they weren't born. There was no Big Bang. Contrary to common belief, God made Adam and then formed Eve from Adam. And, and so God brought them into existence and God breathed life into them. In fact, just a little sidebar here, that's why God can command us to praise Him. You know why God can command us to praise Him? That's why in Psalm 150 it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. How can God have the audacity to command us to praise Him? Because you're breathing His breath. and when he wants it back, bye. So he has, he has every right to say praise me because without me you're not even breathing. Back to the text. That was for free. So, so Satan, is here in this story and and he approaches eve and he says you won't die god had said you will die i don't know if adam exactly excuse i don't know if if satan exactly knew what death meant to god i'm not sure who knows they have all these private conversations in the scripture Read Job, things are happening in that, that, that we're not privy to. Uh, we can't see into the, the spiritual realm and, 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 and many, 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 many occasions, but, but, but we, we, we see that, that Satan says you won't die. Now, when she eats and, and after God comes, it becomes clear that they did die. Death began the moment They disobeyed God. It was a slow death, but it was death nonetheless. No, they didn't drop dead instantly, but maybe it was worse having to live on this earth knowing you're dying. And then to be expelled from paradise. And then all the other sundry of of consequences that we still have to deal with today. Because, hear me, they believed a lie. I had no idea in my life that growing up in church that, that lies had so much power. I, I knew the truth had power, but no one ever explained to me how much power lies have. And so it is, it is very important that we not receive lies. Satan lied to Eve, and the outcome was horrendous. Because when somebody lies to you, it's never good. There's nothing good in someone lying to you. There's nothing beneficial in someone lying to you. That's why Proverbs says it is a despicable thing to flatter someone because it's a lie and the Bible says it's a trap you may want to hear something good after a performance but maybe you need the truth so next time your performance can be better so flattery does you a disservice and so, and so Satan lies lies to Eve but What, how does he lie? He spins the story. He spins. Now, they've mastered this in Washington, D.C. They've mastered it on all the major news networks. Many times I'm, I'm listening to the news and I'm wondering, but well, what's the other side to the story? Are you telling us everything? Or have you chosen what part of the news you want to f- favor us with? Because you have an agenda. Satan has an agenda and so he spins things. He tells Eve, "You will die." God God knows that You'll be smart like him and look at how good it looks and, you know. In other words, listen, listen, God's withholding something from you. God's God's holding out on you. God's not as trustworthy as you thought because if, if he had your best interest at heart, he would not withhold this from you. You could be living better. You could be experiencing so much more. Yeah. I mean, isn't this what Madison Avenue does, yeah. right? You know, they have four mice in a car. Say, hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> and, and you all go out and buy the car, because four mice are in the car, because they make you believe you need that car so you can be like one of the mice. <laughs> <laughs> There is, hear me, there is this artificial need, this artificial desire that is activated through a lie. They were fine, Adam and Eve were fine before this conversation with Satan. They had no needs. They were living in paradise. Their relationship was perfect with God. But then here comes a lie and all of a sudden, well, maybe everything's not as hunky-dory as I thought it was. Maybe it's not bliss. Maybe I am missing something. Maybe I am lacking something. Maybe I do have a need I didn't know I had. Maybe it could be better. Maybe I do need that extra degree even though I have nine now. Maybe I do need that man even though everybody around you said stay away from him. But a lie creates, a lie creates deception and a lie creates an artificial need that wasn't even there. He said, you're going to be as smart as God. They didn't need to be as smart as God because as long as you have God, you've got all the intelligence you need. Prior to this conversation, they don't need this extra tree's fruit. They don't need this knowledge that's going to come from God or they're going to be like God. And, and, and what's so tragic is that when they got the knowledge, it was devastating. It was not what they thought it was going to be. It, 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 it destroyed their lives. Life was never the same, but they listened to a lie. And when you swallow a lie, life is never the same. It goes down here from there. And at first, when I read this narrative, I, I saw that this, this is God and Satan. This is, this is this war going on and, you know, and, and, and Satan's trying to discredit God and trying to diminish his in, influence in our lives. And, but then the Lord said, look deeper. And what I saw was that not, not only was Satan targeting God, but it was targeting us. Because all of a sudden now, Eve feels that she's deficient. She's lacking. The day before, she wasn't lacking. But now after this conversation, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not enough. Maybe I'm inadequate. Maybe I'm insufficient. Maybe I have a deficit. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm I'm incompetent. Maybe I should just go somewhere and be quiet and shut up. Maybe I should just hold my gifts to myself since no one needs them and nobody needs me. Maybe I should just be alone all the time because after all, I'm not as gifted as others and so my gifts are insignificant. A lie. A lie. The lies have unbelievable power if we don't stop them. But it's amazing how just as it's in this story with Eve and Adam, Satan perpetrates lies. And when he's done, we believe we're nothing. We believe we can do nothing. We believe somebody else is better than us somebody else has more ability somebody else is more anointed somebody else is more gifted somebody else is more capable lies, lies. and he's an expert i've discovered is he is so shrewd and clever as the scripture says he lies and lies and lies and lies. look at the consequences of the lie you you have to see what happens when you listen when i listen to a lie verse 6 right verse 6 verse 6 when the woman saw the tree look like good eating and realized what she would get out of it i promise you after the consequences i promise you she wished she'd never seen that fruit her life came crashing down in a moment because she ate one fruit, one bite it, it appears. It, then life is no longer the same. So look, look at what it says. It says, okay, so, so in verse seven, they, 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 they realized they were naked. Okay, great knowledge. Oh, you're really smart. You realize you're naked. Tu eres muy inteligente. You realize your neck. For you that don't speak in tongues, that means you are very smart. You're very intelligent. <laughs> My wife says the heavenly language is Spanish, so I'm just trying to help you all prep for heaven. <laughs> tu eres muy inteligente. You are very smart. gusto. <laughs> so, so, so. What, what, what happens? What happens is that, is that they realized they're naked. They were always naked. Uh, <laughs> <it's true. sighs> Please hear. They were from day one, they were naked. It wasn't a problem until they talked to a liar. They were naked from the moment of their creation. There were no issues with their nakedness until they talked to a liar. And when you talk to a liar, you feel bad about yourself afterwards. When you listen to a liar, you feel bad about yourself. You feel deficient. You feel defective and you were fine before. There were no problems. There's so many marriages my wife and I encounter where they're just just flooded with lies, and they're blaming the marriage. Don't blame the marriage. Blame the liar. Uh In so many families, people are treated harshly and are are abandoned or abused and misused and, and neglected. Why? Because of lies. in the water they drink in that family full of lies. The mom and dad feel bad about themselves. When you feel bad about yourself, it's impossible to feel good about somebody else. God said it himself, first, the first and the second greatest commandments. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your might and all your mind and all your strength and 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 this is not a lesser commandment he says and 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 it is not least significant less significant and and it is not a junior secondary commandment and you will love your neighbor as you love yourself but if you don't love yourself The reason we do people the way they do, we do them is because we don't love ourselves. Yes. You say you love yourself. You may think you love yourself, but the way you just talk to me, you don't love yourself. Because no one who loves themselves has a need to talk down with somebody else. My wife and I find in, in, in marital counseling, and I just, this is a great point, because you know, it, it, just, it just says so much about all of us, young adults, singles, whatever, you're included. When, when we hear certain couples speaking to each other, we say this is not a marital issue at all. You know why? Because no one taught them that that's not the way to speak to anybody. You shouldn't speak to anybody like that. What makes you think you can talk to someone like that? What's wrong with you that you think another human being should be degraded in the way you just spoke to your wife? This is not a marital problem. You have a heart problem. No one has taught you how to treat another human being with dignity, another human being with respect. Another human being with honor that has nothing to do with marriage. Amen. You've got a heart problem. Why would you raise your voice? It was really funny. We we, we have this this uh, this elder deacon at our church who is who was no longer with us after uh, who's many years then he left because the Lord told him to uh, <laughs> because because I refused to let him preach anymore in the church. Because, because I didn't see him making any effort to love his wife. And, you know, I don't, I don't expect perfection. I, I, you know, I don't, you know, and his wife was, was a doozy. I wouldn't want to be married to her, but she was his wife. To death you us poor. So, so, you So know, he was there, she was there, no one was going anywhere. It was like a hornet's nest. But, but, but I felt, and we met with them several times, I felt that he was not putting forth even adequate attempt and energy and investment with his wife. So I said, dude, I, I'm not expecting perfection. I'm not perfect. My marriage is not perfect. But under, under my watch, you at least have to try. I have to see you at least try. You can try and fail and fail and fail and fail, but I need to see you trying. I didn't see any effort. I didn't see any investment on his part. And and so, so you know, I said, you can't preach in this church. I'm responsible for who preaches in this pulpit. And you're modeling something I don't want modeled in this congregation. And I, and I, cannot in good conscience allow you to preach so the Lord told him to go to another church <laughs> pastor the Lord told me my time is up here and I said thank you Lord I love your Lord <laughs> but lies lies. Lies that he didn't have to serve his wife. Lies that he didn't have to be kind to her. Lies that he didn't have to be gentle with her. Lies that he didn't have to love her. Lies that he didn't have to give to her. She gave all the giving. It was so two-sided. She did all the giving. He just took. And so this had nothing to do with marriage. No one taught him to be a giver. Is it safe to come out? No one taught him not to be stingy. The only time I saw him not stingy, the one time. And he was at our church for a good fifteen years until the Lord told him to leave. And so and so so I, I was preaching at a conference. Uh, preaching a prophetic conference in 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 central california and i preach my heart out preaching just preach my heart out and i prophesied to everybody we're not doing that today but i prophesied to everybody (laughs) don't get any notions in your mind it's too many of y'all we we, and so and so we 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 prophesied everybody all week long prophesying prophesying preaching preaching teaching teaching and then it was saturday night in the conference and i'd have to preach hallelujah and so and so i was just waiting for the service to be over because i was going down the street to get a vanilla milkshake there was a phenomenal milkshake place (laughs) down the street and i was hoping i was glad i wasn't preaching tonight, so we can get out in time to go and get the milkshake and so they received the offering and 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 the lord said give all your money i said no I said, I'm not doing it. 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 Lord, I deserve that milkshake. I've earned it. Lord, i prophesied to everybody. God, give me a break. Give me a milk. Can I get a milkshake, Lord? Can I get one milkshake, Lord? Just one. That's just one. I just want one milkshake. Come on, Lord. Come on now be fair, Lord. He just work a man. He said, give all your money. He said, no. So I put all my money in, but enough for the milkshake. Is it all right to be honest? I'm not the only one. Except some of y'all want more than a milkshake. <laughs> You saving for Alexis? I ain't giving nothing. All right, so, 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 <laughs> so, so, what happened is that later on in the service, another man stood up and said, "The Lord said, take another offering," and I said, "I said, stone that false prophet. <laughs> He's a false prophet. Kill him. The Bible says, stone false." Prophets. And I said, Lord, you just want my milkshake. <laughs> so I went up to the altar and I threw the money. At I said, Here. <laughs> he want everything. Can't even get a milkshake. Work me like a dog. Don't even give me a milkshake. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth (laughs) speaks. Oh, Lord. So that was Saturday night. So Monday afternoon, my wife and I are in our bedroom praying, touching the green, praying about finances, and, and just, you know, doing our prayer thing. And there's a knock on the door. Now, I'm wondering who it is on Monday because our elders, our leaders knew don't bother us on Monday because that, That that was our date day. And let me tell you something, if the pastor's marriage is not good, ain't nobody good. You better hear me, ain't nobody good. Because whatever's going on to them, gets spewed out on you. (laughs) Pastor LeRae said, thank you, Jesus. So, so there's a knock on the door, and we go to the door, and and it was this stingy deacon at my door. And I was like, you know, what do you want? Why are you here? He drove from another city. He drove a distance. What are you doing here? He said, the Lord told me to go to my bank account and withdraw almost a thousand dollars and give it to you. I said now I know there is a God. It took me giving up my milkshake to see that miracle. Shall we take another offering? Understand this, we're not taking it off. Don't worry. Understand this, understand this, understand this. It took that kind of explosive <laughs> giving on my part <laughs> to get his heart to change. Hallelujah. This is a heart thing. And so, and so, listen, listen, listen to the narrative. So, verse seven, uh, so immediately the two of them s- see what's really going on, right? They saw themselves naked, they were naked already. Why is it a problem now? Because after a lot, everything's a problem. After you swallow a lot, everything is a problem. Everything, everything is spoiled and tainted and stained. They sew fig leaves together, joke. As makeshift clothes for themselves, and they heard the sound of God. Now, here's the greatest tragedy: when they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, they hid from God. When you, when you, when you listen to lies, it messes up your intimacy with God. It messes up your intimacy with God. He's trying to talk to you. You say, "That's not God. That, that, that's just me. That's me talking." He's trying to give you direction, that's not God. Oh, that, that, that must just be my mind, my mind. He's saying, go through this door, Well, oh, that can't be God. I'm scared. When well, you've accepted a lie, you literally shoot yourself in the foot. You you've set up all kind of roadblocks and hindrances and blockages for your progress in the Lord. Because your intimacy is broken. Something else is in the middle of you and God. It's called a lie. Something else is in the middle of you and God is called a lie. Somebody told you something in your life that was not from the Lord. And unfortunately, we listened. And the consequences are grave when we listen to lies. In verse 10, I heard you in the garden, he says to God, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. We hide, we hide, we hide from God when we've got lies. Lord, why won't you talk to me? Not, God's not the problem. You're full of lies. You're the one Heidi. The Lord won't speak to me. No, you don't, you don't come that often. Can I tell you something? I appreciate how smart all you all are. And, and I know this is Mecca, you know, of education and the quintessence and the pinnacle of edumacation. I get it. I get it. But let me tell you something, you're nothing without Him. Amen. And all, Now they have knowledge, now they have knowledge. What good is it without God? The knowledge can't get them back into paradise. For the first time, now they're cold. They need clothing to stay warm. What's not as, how's knowledge going to help them? And look at what they do to each other. They turn on each other like ravenous dogs. Because when you have accepted lies, you are mean, sarcastic, suspicious, untrusting, Blaming. Adam blames God himself. You gave it to me. Yeah. I was minding my own business. Doing fine. You're the one that said I needed that woman. I didn't say it. That was your idea. You called me this ministry. I didn't, I didn't ask for any ministry. You called me here. <laughs> I was doing fine, and you said, you got to go to the go, You had Pastor cross channel and say, you called the ministry. I was doing fine. So now they've been expelled from everything and and hear me, they lived in Eden. They were blessed. They had no needs. All was satisfied. They were fully content until somebody lied to them. And when somebody lies to us, we start to blame, we start being hurtful. Even in church, the saints can be mean. We, we can be the most judgmental people. Judgmental people. We can't help ourselves. God is teaching me, Chandler, I don't want your opinion. Ever. Ever. even when I'm convinced he needs it desperately. (laughs) Because clearly he he doesn't know what to do. (laughs) Because if he's asked me, I tell him exactly what to do right now in my behalf. So let me say it again. We become mean when we have lies in us. Curt, arrogant. We think that our position and our degree makes us better. And we act like it. We act like it. Sometimes it's fearful to even make somebody a leader in the church because you don't know what's going to come out. You don't know what's going to be exposed. The Sunday before they were humble, we thought. This Sunday, now they have a position. They should be worshiping in the service but now they have a position so they're the ones to look. They don't have to worship God anymore because they have to be the watchman on the wall. It's like, who are you? We don't even know you. Why do you talk to people like that? Because there's a heart issue. Because a lie. Has gotten into their heart. See, because really they have low self-esteem. With all the litany of degrees, they still have low self-esteem. Every time they got a degree, it still didn't satisfy them. It still didn't minister to their deepest need because no degree can. Only God can touch you there. I'm not saying don't get a degree, don't misunderstand me. God needs you in certain places. He needs you in certain positions. He needs you as his emissary in certain places, but don't put your confidence in it. It doesn't make you better at all. And this is what's so great about church. I love church because at church, you have to be saved, be Christian, or at least pretend to be. Because the saints will, will, will question you at church. they you know, you know, back in the old day, when I was a child, the, 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 the sisters would stand up doing testimony service. See, we used to have testimony service, not worship service. We, had, we didn't have praise and worship, we had testimony service. And sometimes it was test- and lie service, but, 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 but they, they said it was testimony service. And some of the sisters would stand up and say, listen, Mm -hmm. my husband needs prayer. (laughs) He hasn't been reading his Bible. He hasn't been praying. (laughs) And only because I love him and I want the best for him and the Lord, y'all need to pray for my husband. Pray that he stop backsliding. Pray that he'll get saved again. In fact, honey, come up here right now. This is your hour. <laughs> so you'd be exposed. But you know, you know the, the, the one of, and I mentioned this Thursday night, the unfortunate thing about corporate America is that if you produce, if you produce enough, they don't bother you about your heart. if you produce enough, the evaluation is stellar. But a church, our job is to inspect fruit. So when you get a position, you just understand you're under a spotlight now. And we have a right to ask you, why do you talk to people like that? We have a right to ask you, why is it that when someone else has a suggestion you become threatened? We have a right to ask you, why is it that somebody else has an idea and you don't like it if it doesn't come from your mouth? Why are you a dictator in the meetings? why are you so insecure all the degrees you have and you're still that insecure and then there's the opposite there's the opposite of the person who feels like they're nobody They're you know they they haven't accomplished anything you know they they haven't you know they they they, you know have no marriage what and we make them a deacon in the church and then a monster is born a monster is born Hitler lives again. <laughs> so God is after our hearts. Now I've got good news for you, and I'm finishing. I've got good news for you. Uh, let's look at Isaiah 30. This is this is uh, this is this is preparing for prayer right now. Isaiah 30, verses 12 through 14 Isaiah 30 this is one of the most convicting chapters of the Bible for me God requires me to visit it periodically to remind me of how much he loathes and derides efforts in the flesh efforts in the doing something in the flesh even when we call it ministry God hates it it's abhorrent to him he takes it personally it's an offense to him maybe we thought it was a good idea but if you read the preceding verses God is highly ticked when we do something without first consulting him especially in his house so listen to what listen what the prophet says Therefore, the Holy Israel, the Holy of Israel says, because you scorn this message of dependence on me, preferring to live by injustice and listen and shape your lives on lies. And shape your lives on lies. And shape your lives on lies. This perverse way of life will be like a towering, badly built wall that slowly, slowly tilts and shifts. And then one day, without warning, collapses smashed to bits like a piece of pottery, smashed beyond recognition or repair, useless a pile of debris to be swept away and thrown in the trash. Now watch this work picture. Okay, so there's this wall that has been flimsily um, built and constructed and it, on the outside it looks like it's been perfectly painted, perfectly drywalled. Everything seems right. But God knows on the inside, the labor was shoddy work. It wasn't obvious because he did a good job of window dressing. So it looked like this wall was going to stand, but God is saying the wall is decrepit from its inception, that it is coming down shortly, and it's going to be such a bad disaster, disastrous crash, that there won't even be a shard of pottery left that's useful for any reason. That thing is useless. You got by this makeshift construction. You thought you solved the problem. You thought you delivered yourself. You thought you saved the church and it's coming down because God was never in it. God was never in it. You, you succumbed the pressure but God was never in it. And the Bible says it'll be swept up and thrown in the trash because it was worthless from the start. But I've got good news for you. That's when you live your life by lies. I got good news for you. Isaiah 48, and then we're gonna pray. Isaiah 48, Isaiah 48, fantastic. Isaiah 48 verses 18 and 19, 18 and 19. And now the master God sends me and his spirit with this message from God, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am God, your God who teaches you how to live right and live well. I know, I show, I show you what to do, where to go. If you, had, if you had listened all along to what I told you, your life would have flowed full like a river. If you had so convicted me, If if, if you would listen to me all along, what I told you to do, not what the lies told you to do, but what I told you to do, your life would have flowed like a, full like a river, blessings rolling in like waves from the sea. Children and grandchildren, children and grandchildren, like sand, your progeny like grains of sand, there will be no end of them, no danger of losing touch with me. And then Isaiah 30, back to Isaiah 30, verse 18, last verse. Isaiah 30 verse 18. This is in the same chapter of rebuke in Isaiah 30 of not depending on God, of independence. Listen to the Lord's heart. Yet the Lord still waits for you to come to him so he can show you his love. Say, Lord, I'm coming. So he can show you his love. He will, I love this, He will conquer you to bless you. How many of you say, Lord, conquer me? Conquer me to bless me. Conquer me to bless me. Conquer me to bless me. Just as He said, listen, for the Lord is faithful to His promises. Listen, God has made you promises, and the Lord is faithful. We just have to get rid of the lie. Blessed are all those who wait for him to help them. Let me give you one example before we pray. One example of, go all the way to the end of the PowerPoint, please, to the questions. Go all the way to the end to the questions, please. So we ministered to a man in a blessing Generation seminar. This guy's a pastor of a thriving church. And he told his story. In prayer. He said that when I was a young boy, the eight of us in my family, the eight of us, were in a long station wagon, one of those old long station wagons. And we we were returning returning from a missions trip in Mexico, in Mexico. And we were hit by a huge truck. And my little brother and I were the only ones who survived. My father and my mother were killed. All the other uh, four family members. And he saw his little sister in pieces on the ground. On the ground. Mm -hmm. They got back to the States and had a quick funeral. uh, and, and, And see, none of that, none of that was the lie. Are you listening? The devil's too clever. None of that was the lie. Listen to the lie that God revealed to him, that he didn't even wasn't even aware the lie had been sown into his heart. He said, as God ministered to him and went deep into his heart, he said, wow, God just showed me when I was eight years old at the funeral a few days later. All the women went by going to view what was left of the bodies and supposedly there to console my brother and I, the sole survivors of our family. And he said, this thought came into his soul, none of the women are stopping to touch you, Or say anything kind to you none of the women even the grave they didn't say anything kind no one touched you if your mother was alive she was loving and nurturing she would have touched you and consoled you none of these women stopped not one woman touched you like your mother would have or spoke anything kind to you and the devil sold a lie in his heart and told him that's why you can never trust women they're not trustworthy they're selfish. The only woman you could have trusted was your mom, but she's gone. So for the rest of your life you can never trust a woman again. The man's married to a woman. Imagine the distance, imagine the aloofness, imagine the coldness in their marriage. Any woman he looked at with suspicious eyes. His own daughter because no other woman, no woman but my mother will love me and will care for me. They're all selfish. They only want what I can give to them. Only want what I can do for them. And he's passing the church with women in it. So it wasn't the tragedy of losing four of his, excuse me, six of his family members. No, the devil jumped on something else. I can keep you here literally all day telling you stories of lies that have paralyzed people and debilitated people. But I can also tell you all day that God spoke the truth to people and they were set free. They were set free. I saw that same pastor recently in Myrtle Beach and he's free. His wife was there. He's free in one weekend free. Hallelujah. 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 Their marriage healed, marriage restored. God. Yes, yes, yes. Countless examples of that. I can keep you here all day. Thank you, God. Thank you. I've been back to churches. I've been back to countries. I've been back to places where we, we ministered and they're changed permanently. Saw with my own eyes. Why? Because you will know the truth. I can't, I can't hear you all. You will know the truth. And you will know the truth. And you will know the truth. So somebody's got to tell you the truth. Look at the questions. This is what we're gonna pray from. Question number one, Ah, uh, perfecto, excellente. I'm preparing for heaven. All right, so question number one in your life in my life. When something happened, what did you believe about yourself? When Satan talked to Eve, she began to believe for the first time that she was defective and, dis- and deficient. And wanting and lacking, not enough, not adequate, not competent. And she began to fear that if she didn't get that fruit, she was gonna miss out on something. And it was all a lie. If you would look later at the temptation of Jesus, Satan uses the same strategy. But it doesn't work. (laughs) Because Jesus says to Satan, you don't have anything I want. You don't have anything I need. I don't care what you, where you say I'm deficient, where you say I I, I need to turn these stones into bread. I don't don't have to prove anything to you. Are you listening? When the liar comes, I don't have to prove anything to you. I'm satisfied in Jesus without whatever you're saying. I don't have to mistreat people. I don't have to step on people. I don't have to be mean to people. I don't have to look down on people. I'm satisfied in Christ. He's my all in all. Everything I need is in him. And if he doesn't give it to me, I don't want it. That's where I am. I don't want it. If God is not giving it to me, I don't want it. I don't want any doors open to me that God did not open. I don't want any prestige that God's not given me because there's a lie somewhere in there. There's a lie in there somewhere. If God is not bringing it to me, I don't want it. Jesus had revival in a a city one time, and it blew up, and everybody was chanting his name, you know, like J-E-S-U-S, J-E, you know, like like y'all cheered for Bishop. J-E-S-U, I heard you. I was in the back, I heard you. J-E-S-U-S, J-E-S-U-S, B-I-S-H-O-P, B-I-S-H-O-P. They did the same thing to Jesus. And the Bible says Jesus left the city. So if y'all want to keep your bishop, stop that. The Lord may tell him to leave the city. And the disciples said, what are you doing, Jesus? God just gave us revival. The city is ours. We've been praying for this. Jesus said, this is not God. For us to stay here, that's not God. It's not about success. It's not about success. It's not about success. It's not about success. It's about pleasing him. We're experiencing success with that ministry, and God may say, Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah. But no, Lord, souls are being saved. Shut it down. But we want success. And God's not in it. Jesus said, Come on, come on, guys. We're leaving. And the disciples were shaking their heads like he doesn't know a revival when he sees it. Well, somebody please define revival to the Lord. Didn't he say he came to seeking to say that was lost? But the devil put a spin, will put a spin on even success and lead us to eat some fruit we had no business tasting. See God knows what you can't handle. He knows the taste we can't handle. Mm. He knows the taste we can't handle. So he's trying to protect us from the taste that we can't handle. And it says, stay away from that city. Stay away. Don't go. Don't go to that door. I don't care how much money they offer you. Don't walk through that door. Because yes. there's some fruit you can't handle. And I'm trying to protect you. So we've got to ask ourselves, when something happens to us, something happens to all of us, what did you believe about yourself? Eve began to doubt herself. She began to question herself. Maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not enough. Maybe I'm not enough. Maybe I need to have somebody else in this ministry, not me. Maybe that promotion's not for me. Maybe it's not. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm not qualified yet and God has opened the door wide for you. And you're saying, maybe I'm not qualified yet because of a lie. Second question, the second question, because a vow can, can be burst out of this, then you have to ask yourself, well, what, what, what did you say to yourself when that happened? So when something happened, when, 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 when this little boy lost his family and he's at the funeral, and then the devil starts to talking because the devil's talking, the devil's talking. But Jesus said, listen, listen, listen. In John 8, Jesus said, if his lips are moving, he's lying. If his lips are moving, he lieth. If his mouth opens, get ready for a lie. Jesus said he cannot tell the truth. If he got saved one day and wanted to, which it won't happen, he can't tell the truth. So we must understand that when the devil talks, he, there's a lie in there somewhere, and, and he wants to make you feel bad about yourself. Why? So you won't move when God tells you to move. See, I, I told you Thursday night I was going to tell you why it's easier for us to pray for somebody else and believe for them, because you see, We're objective with them, but we have serious doubts about us. And those doubts kill our faith to pray for us. And those doubts are birthed out of lies. Somebody's been lying to you. Oh yeah, I know God wants to bless that other person, but not me. And some of you don't even pray for yourselves. You you sound really holy. I don't pray for myself, that's selfish. I only pray for others, that's Christ-like. Jesus said, you better ask so you can receive. You better seek so you'll find. You better knock so the door will be open. Every person who asks receives. Jesus said, talking about prayer, there was a woman who kept coming to an unjust judge and she kept badgering him and harassing him and haranguing him. And he said, I don't care about her need, but she's getting on my last nerve. Give her what she wants so I can get some peace. And Jesus said, that's the nature of prayer. So you and I need, and she was coming for her own needs, her own needs, her own needs, her own needs. What kind of father doesn't want you to come to him with your needs? What kind of father are you serving? Who's been lying to you? So what happened? What did you say to yourself? So this little boy said, wow. Wow. Women don't love me, they never will. I'm a married one, but she'll never love me. I'm gonna have a daughter, she'll never love me. Don't ever trust a woman. My church is full of women, but can't trust any of them. None of them are faithful, none of them are committed, none of them are true, none of them have pure hearts. They're all takers. Next slide. Then a vow comes out of that. A judgment, a judgment comes out. Who did you blame? Eve blamed Satan, Adam blamed God. Who you blaming? (laughs) Was my mom and daddy love me more? I walk in my destiny. How do you? How long are you gonna believe that lie? God holds your destiny, not your mother or your father. I can't hear you all. God holds your destiny, not your mother or your father. It would have been nice if they'd encouraged it. Would have been nice and they got on their knees and discovered what it was so they could promote it. But even if they promote it, they can't make it happen. God holds your destiny and identity and your purpose. So stop blaming your parents. and get that lie out of your heart today. Stop blaming your ex-husband. He took everything from me. Nobody can take everything from you. And if they did, your God is a restorer. And he will cause you to recover it all with the spoils. Stop giving people power over you. Nobody can stop your blessings. But a lie, a lie will stop your blessings. A lie. Will get you kicked out of your destiny. Yes. A lie will diminish your purpose because you're not fully believing the truth. Some of you is believing a lie, and a lie is like yeast it messes up the whole bunch, the whole lump. It's like a bad apple, it just spreads. My wife and I are not on a witch hunt but we are on a lie hunt. We're telling God show us every lie, show it to me. I'm sick of lies, show me what I've been believing that's not the truth. Tell me, show me, reveal it to me. God is coming up. Every lie, it will be uprooted. Every lie, it has to go. No more will they dominate my life. No more will they rule over me. Nothing but the truth of God's Word. If God says I can do it, Chandler's going to do it. If God says that door is mine, I'm going through. I don't care if I have no experience in the area. I'm walking in. I will be successful. I will walk in my purpose. I'm going in. Nobody's keeping me out. Nobody's keeping me out. No lie is going to keep me out of my purpose. If God said I can do it, I can do it. I can do it. You can do it. Amen. Number four, and then we're going to pray. Number four, I got to look at my attitudes. Did you blame God? Some of us are still blaming God for what happened. Because the devil lied to you and told you your life's over. Your life would have been different. Your life would have been better. Your life would have gone in that other trajectory. Your life would have torpedoed, jettisoned, rocketed forward. He's lying to you. Because God's ready for you to take off right now. In fact, this is the year of acceleration. Who else? Did you blame yourself? Did you blame yourself? We minister to people all the time, all the time, who believe their parents divorced because it was their fault, all the time. Women who believe that they deserved domestic violence against them, if they'd been a better wife, been a better girlfriend. You've done nothing wrong. That person's a monster. You've done nothing wrong. That person doesn't deserve you. They don't know what a jewel they have or had. So run, run, Forrest, run. run Forrest Susie you run too Jennifer run Laura Marianne Gertrude Bernice God has somebody that'll love you girl Why would you stay where your blessing is not? Yeah. Hear me. If you with the wrong person, God can't give you the right person. Yeah. As they say in Texas, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Last question, did you, did you blame someone else? So did you blame God? Did you blame yourself? Did you blame someone else? Did you blame somebody else? I had a lot more verses to give you, but that's enough. If you want to write the verses down, it was Genesis 3 1 through 13, Isaiah 30, 12 through 14, Isaiah 30, verse 18, Isaiah 48, verses 18 through 19. And If you care, John 4, John 8, John 8 and 44, says the devil's a liar every time he opens his mouth. So how many of you are tired of being lied to? How many of you know you've accepted some lies? How many of you are sick of lies? See, you've got to come to the place to where you hate lies. You'll never stop feeling bad about yourself until you stop hating lies. Let me say that again. You'll never stop feeling bad about yourself until you start hating lies. Because the thing that's making you feel bad about yourself is a lie. How can I say that? Because Christ is within you, the hope of glory. How can I say that? They're more for you than they are against you. How can I say that? If God before you, if God before you, Greater is he that's in me than he that lied in the garden. So the one in you is greater than the lie and the liar. Fear is produced, this is in my notes, fear is produced by lies. You believe in some lies Love God, speaking in tongues, prophesying Praying everybody else through But you believe in lies God, you have a prayer call Where you're praying for everybody else But you're full of lies for yourself You're teaching others You're full of lies yourself Oh, I see greatness in you I don't see nothing in me. That's why you're anointed to pray for others cuz you know you're nothing so you know at least you at least you can earn some brownie points with God by praying for somebody else. Cuz you know you got to earn your salvation, right? I'm sitting down cuz I'm going to have a long day. So Thank God for a a seat. Can we pray? How many of you say, freedoms for me? Yeah, say it again, freedoms for me. me. Tell the person next to you, freedoms for me. me. Tell the person next to you, I hate lies. lies. Tell them, don't don't flatter me. Tell them, "Don't don't flatter me. Don't flatter me. Don't flatter me. How many of you heard from the Lord? How many of you heard from the Lord? How many of you heard from the Lord? How many of you you want to repent of some lies? See, you got to deserve your lies. I'm seeing mine. I'm seeing mine. God's showing me my lies. I was like, wow, how'd that get in me? And then in prayer, He takes me right back to where it was inserted into my unwitting and unknowing heart. Let me say this again. Every time you're mean to somebody, you believe in a lie. See, meanness means you're in pain. The Lord says, "When you mean, you're in pain. I don't care care how sanctified you are. You're sanctified mean, holy mean. You still mean." You still mean after all that. You still mean. You still mean. When you sit down, you mean. Because this is won't get rid of of lies. What gets rid of lies is you allowing the Holy Ghost to get in your face and talk to you and tell you, you don't have to react like that anymore. You don't have to go off on people. You can actually be kind. Wow. You don't have to be peaceless anymore. You don't have to be joyless anymore because a lack of joy is based upon a lie that your outward outward experience and your outward situation, your outward condition determines your happiness. Uh Your joy is not based upon your experience and your condition. Your joy is in the Lord. Your joy is in the Lord. So what you didn't get that promotion. Don't let it steal your joy. So what they passed over you again, keep your joy. I'm not just still standing, I still got joy. You thought that door was yours. Yeah, somebody else took it. Shout when you get to church. Thank you, Lord. You have a better door for me. You're all wise. You're all good. I trust you. I thought that was it, but you know better. It's not gonna steal my joy. It's not gonna steal my joy. It's not gonna steal my joy. joy. You can't control me. You won't control me. You're not the boss of me, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord is my God. The Lord is my God. I'm going up with him, I'm going down with him. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, I tried to calm down and behave myself because I have a long day, I think, in front of me. But Jesus, thank you for joy that's in you. And nobody can take our destiny from us and our identity from us and our purpose from us unless we swallow a lie. So this day we want to bring every lie to you. There's a progressive revelation of lies but Lord whatever you show us today, You want to repent.